Welcome to Leadership on the Run, Episode 12, Bouncing Back After a Setback. And today, just for fun, we're in Auckland, New Zealand. Leadership on the Run is a podcast series created by Allen Consulting Australia. With directors Janine Brown and myself, psychologist Paul Saunders, we're here to give you quick solutions and answers to the most common people leadership challenges in today's workplaces. We will inform, educate and inspire you so you can start living your people leadership potential today. We will talk you through the practical how-to instructions for mastering that challenge so you can level up your people leadership capability. Hey Paul, how are you? Hi Janine, I'm pretty exhausted. We just did an amazing trek through northern New Zealand. I know that 19 kilometres on the Tongariro trek was amazing and it was good and we did it within the time limit because it's there's a it's not a real time limit but just the uh, the local time limit. Um, yeah, the was, locals said we had a ability to actually do it in a certain amount of time and so we realised we had a deadline to prove ourselves. <laughs> Australians against New Zealand's, not that there's any competition. <laughs> no. no, but um, I think we can bounce back after our, our tiring efforts because, the you know, the, the landscape, the, the landscape changed five times, I counted, when we, we went over those volcanoes and I've never seen a volcanic landscape up close. It was amazing. And I think that's one of the things I find amazing. New Zealanders have this amazing ability to have resilience and bounce back. If you look at their history, the amount of volcanoes that they have and and they uh, seem to always pick themselves up and work it out and work through things. They've had some difficult times in recent times with earthquakes and climate change and they've really been able to show a good, um, coherent, adhesive approach to coming to terms with it and working on new plans to bounce back as a country and as a nation. The culture is really focusing on how they can bounce back with all the different challenges they have around their their environment. And it's had a, a momentum of its own, hasn't it? The world has really listened and now they're just going ahead in leaps and bounds as they always have possibly without us knowing about it. But now the world, they're on a world stage and they continue to do so. Today, um, I noticed you used the word resilience um, when you were talking and Resilience is not the focus of our Bouncing Back episode today. We're looking at the more practical uh, people side and psychological side of how you do bounce back. And we'll be talking, taking you through five steps um, of how to bounce back after a setback, either in the workplace or maybe along your career path or wherever it is that you think that you've been sat down on your, on your bottom and um, stopped moving forward. So Yes, I think that's a very important part to think about what are the psychological techniques, what are the things you can do to help when you've gone through a difficult experience, a traumatic experience in your life? Because we'll, we'll all go through them. I've been through them. You've been through them. We've had some difficult times. And we've had to think, gee, what do we do to help ourselves come through that? And once you learn a few things, and that's certainly I found, I've had to learn a bit of thing about myself, about what am I doing to help myself get out of these now uh, difficult situations I've experienced. And that's the first point is that self-awareness. So um, when you do have a setback, the first step is to really acknowledge how you are feeling. And you do need to be self-aware to be able to acknowledge that and to acknowledge that whatever that feeling is, that that is what you're feeling and accept that. So that is the first step in um, in bouncing back. So um, we recently had um, 
a, a time where somebody rang us and they were going for a big career promotion and they'd put a whole lot of work into it. They'd done interviews. It was quite an assessment process as well and rang up, not in tears, but rang up saying, I didn't get it. I didn't get the job and nobody can tell me why. And the first question um, was, well, how does that make you feel? And they were very self-aware and able to answer that question. And, you know, the temptation was to ask, well, what are you going to do next? But I think you need to spend a little bit of time on how do you feel first? I think you're right. I think I'd rather explore with the person where they're at and what's the things happening for them. Often I try and check in with their self-talk. Are they uh, exploring it or are they just being really negative and down on themselves? And it's okay to vent or clear your frustrations. I think that's really important when you're going through a difficult time that you acknowledge it and then label the feeling. Like, I'm just feeling really annoyed that they didn't ring back or I'm just feeling really upset with myself. It's something worth highlighting. And yet you don't want to stay there for too long. I think the thing is once you've acknowledged it, once you've processed those sort of things, you then think about is I often put, ask people to think about a learning what are you learning out of that? So if you put a learning hat on uh, and think about, gee, okay, if I had the opportunity again, what would I do differently? It's that helping to reframe sort of consideration to explore. And sometimes we can't change everything because everything's in our control, but it is at least getting you to explore things from a different perspective. Wow, that's a really good example. And you've actually covered the whole model. And I'm just... Uh struggling a little bit here to unpack it all into a linear <laughs> sense um, because the model isn't linear and no. um, I, I, we are talking in a linear sense but it's not linear at all. So what you first said was acknowledge it but then um, the step two is use your support group and that's what this person was doing. You know, they were contacting us and they were contacting other people and you use your support group not to um, – to take yourself down and keep yourself in those negative feelings if that's what they are, but it's to uh, be able to safely say to people, this is how I feel and this is what happened and to to start to build you back up again. And you mentioned you check in with them about their self-talk and that is at the thir a third step in this is to make sure that your own self-talk, you know, the voices in your head are actually positive, stating what you did do well, even though the outcome wasn't what you wanted or you didn't get what you, you desired, but the steps that you took to get there, they were the positive things that you did and that you can focus on those at that point in time and making sure that the support group around you are in fact doing what you suggested in your case example, Paul, of making sure that they're thoughts and their self-talk is positive. Or just encourage him to explore. They've got to be looking, like you said, I think you're right, it's got to be looking at how do we help them think through those self-talk. Because often when we've had these sort of difficult experiences or trauma, we sometimes question ourselves. Could I have done that differently? You know, we had doubt in our mind. Or we start to punish ourselves about, oh, you know, if I hadn't have said that or those sort of things. Or And this is particularly difficult when you've gone through something that's out of your control, like, you know, somebody's uh, grief process, you know, something's happened quite tragically to somebody. Then, you know, it's not something you could have controlled. It just happens sometimes. Is how do I react, though, is we feel grief and feelings of, of guilt sometimes or shame that, we may have could have helped them and mm -hmm. things like that. So, you know, I was recently talking to a client and they um, were very upset about uh, an individual in their team who um, had had a personal um, illness. Yes. 
and uh, they were just caught by the fact that, the, you know, with a lot of empathy about the person's problem, and yet they couldn't control that. They couldn't mm-hmm. do anything about that. And so they were just trying to work it is how do we help the, help the team now cope with that, that the person's illness was quite severe and it would be something they all have to actually address and focus on and su- need support for each other. And sometimes it's not in a team environment. Sometimes you, it's just some an issue that you yourself are struggling with and um, you need to be able to bring yourself out of that. And mm. Sam Parker has a, a really good a little video if you guys want to look it up. It's called Crossing the Line and it's a little video that reminds us that when we strike an obstacle or a setback, that it really is just like a line. It's not really a barrier. It's not three-dimensional. It's just a line. But if we have people around us that can help us see around the line or to get over the line or go under the line, well, it feels a bit like that story, you know, like chasing bears, um, <laughs> that we need those those people around it. But if we don't have those people, then we need to know that we can move through the line ourselves. It's just a line. It's not a three-dimensional um real thing. So it's a bit like changing people's perception. Is that we it. feel like we've got that belief we can work through this. We've just got to walk through the line. Or around it, or under it, over it, whatever. Right. It, it, it's not really uh, it it's not really an insurmountable uh, barrier. And anybody that tells you that it is, they're the ones that you don't need to listen to at that point in time. Yeah. Okay, so it's a matter of it's that line inside our heads. We just got to accept we can change that because it's in our control. We're just reframing again our thinking about how am I dealing with this and working through this issue. It's like that mindset that champions have. You know, you work with athletes, Paul. You know, and I was watching Survivor one night, and um, there were the team of champions were on it, and uh, they had lost a challenge. Yet to a T, all of them were focused on how can we do it better next time? And it really struck me. And the story I was telling you earlier on in the podcast where I was talking about how there was a setback in a career and the lady rang, the first thing that she said was um, when I was told that I, like, um, I didn't get the job, I asked, what do I need to do better to get there? And I thought, what a champion. Here is a champion right here. So champions have that mindset of focusing on solutions, which is our next step. I think you're right. I think the thing is we find certainly with with high-performance athletes, they acknowledge that they aren't going to win all the time. They certainly try their best. The thing is, is what are they learning each time they've completed a race or a game or an event? And they think about is, okay, did I meet my target or my personal best? What could I do to improve? That attitude in itself helps us have a stronger resilience and ability to keep working on improvement. So, Because sometimes we could be training for, for months and months for one race, and if it doesn't go well for us, sometimes we can feel really knocked down and really a sort of, you know, uh, how do we get our motivation back up? And that's sometimes about that ability to bounce back is, what's that motivation that will get me to now stand up again and do the activity again? And that that brings us to the point, like, it, it might be easier if there was just one knockback, but sometimes people experience several setbacks in a row. And this is where this model becomes into its own. So the final steps is that doing all those other things first, but having an open and flexible mind that you're not wedded to the one solution. So you've come up with a really good solution about how to get back up, but then that doesn't work either. So you've set back again. Well, if you're not actually just wedded and committed to one solution that you actually have more, then you can get keep getting back up and getting back up and getting back up. 
Yeah, and I think that's that having uh, a sense of uh, giving yourself a bit more also purpose around that because um, one of the things we've found, I've had a client where, you know, they lost their job, they were told they had to move their house, and so they had a couple of things happening for them. It yes. was really difficult in a, in a six-month period of time. Yep. And yet by talking it through it and then keeping them thinking about, so what do, what is the purpose by the end of this year? What do you think you'd like to be able to be in a position of? So to get them to think forward, think we do actually go steps by steps. So what can we do this week to just keep ourselves focused on getting things done, getting them into more practical action orientation is a way of moving yourself into just going forward rather than sitting in the problem and being upset about it. Certainly chunking that down to make it manageable and not overwhelming is very true. The other interesting thing I found about this when we were researching for this episode was how this model of bouncing back relates to the lifelong learning model or the habits of lifelong learners. Yes. Because really, if you're having a setback and you're having to get back up and bounce back, you really are learning, aren't you? I mean, that is, in, yes. in fact, a definition of, of learning, isn't it? And I've got a learning, mo- a lifelong learning model here from John Cotter's um, leading change press um And it says this, you'll see the similarities from what we've been speaking of. It says you need a humble self-reflection. Well, there's that self-awareness right there. Mm. Um, So an honest assessment of success and failures they're talking about is the the self-reflection. You need a willingness to view life with an open mind. So again, you know, looking for new ideas and need careful listening. So the you know a propensity to listen to others and have that support from yes. other people who mm. who can and be there. Then there's a solicitation of opinions, which is collecting information from everywhere so that you can form some sort of um, open your mind to way think a forward. bit differently. Think yeah. about your solutions. And finally, to risk take willingness to put yourself back out there yet again, and it might feel like you're out of your comfort zone because you're not feeling at a hundred percent, but that willingness to do that. You see how that fits really nicely mm. with our model that um, the AD people have here or that we've we've done from our own interviews of, of bouncing back. And I think that's right where I found where people are willing to learn from the experience, that's that learning and lifelong learning experience. And yes. I find when people can also talk about how they've had previous difficult times and then they talk about how they move through them and then reflect on how they did it is a good strategy to help them think, well, I've done it before, how can I do it again? Look, the other thing also I find is it sometimes is where's that ability to get some release outlets if you're going through a difficult time? Oh, do you mean go down and have seven tequilas? Well, that's certainly one way of doing it. That's right. And certainly you may not remember much the next day, so that's a good thing maybe. (laughs) uh, I was being flippant. (laughs) No, no, I think it's a good idea to think about is where's those times you can just escape. Um, You know, for me, going to a comedy show, you know, at having a laugh with mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, laughing's Completely. really good for your, um, I don't know, your serotonin. serotonin. Yeah, yes, that one. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going and do exercise if you needed to sometimes release the frustration. So by burning it off, there's sometimes things that are practical things. So we try and say, look, you don't want to keep thinking about the problem all the time. Sometimes uh-huh. separating a, um, what we call compartmentalization. Take a break and just do something that you really like because the problem will be there. You just need time to reset and help your body and your mind recharge so you've got the energy 
to then cope a bit better. And that reminds me, there's no set time for bouncing back. That really is situational and yeah. individual um, time set. So don't put pressure on yourself there. So the pressure's taken off there. And I like the, the physiological sides of um, exercising and laughing and uh, doing uh, creative activities and hobbies that you're good at all help um, internally the brain and release hormones that make us feel good. And, and that then allows us to relax and to think of even more solutions to our problem. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, if the New Zealanders would just laugh a bit about our cricket <laughs> and uh, about how Trevor Chapel didn't bounce back and just, you know. Oh, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's still brought up every time you go to New Zealand. They still talk about, you know, that game. So, uh, you know, I'm sure if we just had a bit of a laugh about it, we'd be okay. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to ha- tackle the hills of Auckland and, and go for a run. Okay. Let's go. See you later. Bye. You can gain more insights about this topic through our ebooks by going to our website lnc.com.au. And feel free to chat with us and ask us any questions on leadership or give us your feedback through our website lnc.com.au or via our LinkedIn or Instagram. So until next time, do what you can to live your people leadership potential. Cheers.